Hey everyone, welcome back to the It's a Mind Game podcast. My name is Jade and today we have the beautiful Claudia joining us once again. So before we share with you what we're going to be diving into today, welcome back Claudia. Hello Jade, thanks for having me back again. Always a pleasure to be here with you. It is one of my favorite times and I guess our inspiration for today's episode stemmed from our last one about pregnancy nutrition and it's a bit more of a heartfelt topic and it's going to be a bit more of a helpful but also meaningful conversation today. Um, it's something that you and I have both experienced and actually bonded on our first ever podcast together, sharing our uh, experiences with this one. Um, and that is navigating people's pregnancy announcements when so desperately wanting to be pregnant yourself. Um Claudia. I wish that there was a podcast, there were a podcast like this one when I was going through that because I felt incredibly alone. I felt that it was very unfair and um, I felt very lonely because, uh, well, in my experience, my really hit home when my sister got pregnant. And I, I've shared this story already on your podcast many, many, many moons ago. But I remember that going home for Christmas. And we were sitting um, at our place, like having dinner, all of us laughing, reading. I was uh, drinking a glass of wine. I was feeling so happy, completely uh, happy to be with them, happy to be away from my from my infertility journey. And then all of a sudden, she gave me this beautiful box and I opened it and there was a peace stick and there was a positive sign in it. And my brain started thinking, how is that even possible that I'm pregnant and I don't know about it? Who did the test for me? And then it clicked and it was her who was pregnant with her second child. Um, and all the emotions came through and I started crying my eyes out. And everyone thought that I was crying because of happiness. And yes, absolutely. I was happy for them, but I was very, very unhappy for me. And uh, since then, I had to deal with many, 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 many situations like that one. My Especially because I had my first child when I was 30, 35. So before then, I had lots of people that were getting pregnant around me. And the more you focus on something, the more your brain is going to present it to you. So once you start focusing on pregnant ladies, pregnant women, that's all you see. That's all you see. I remember walking down the street to grab a coffee and seeing all these pregnant women everywhere around me, which is funny now because at the moment I only see mothers. I don't see pregnant women any longer. I see mothers because that's what I expose my brain to. My main concern is being um, a good mother and not getting pregnant again. And I remember back then like thinking, oh, I am on my way get, to get a coffee. Caffeine is not really that optimal for pregnancy. I've already trained this morning. I haven't eaten enough. And then there was that sense of guilt, you know, and that's self-deprecating thoughts that will start from 7 a.m. until the next day. And it was like this never-ending cycle that kept going and going and going. And I don't want to sound doom and gloom, but I just want to share with, with all of you out there that I've been through that. And even though it sounds impossible right now because I'm living such a different life, I live through it. And back then, if someone would have come to me and told me, uh, just get these supplements and you're going to get pregnant, I would have bought it. 
doesn't matter how much money. If someone would have come to me and said, just go and see that that therapist is gonna help you with this magical power uh, to give your baby, I would have done it. I would have gone. And I actually did. I did. I saw so many different professionals from energy healer to naturopath to fertility specialist to acupuncturist, saw them all. But the reality is that I had to focus on what I was doing instead of how other people could actually help me to fix myself. I was in denial, even though I wanted the baby. What about your story, Jane? I have two stories that stand out the most throughout my HA because um, a lot of you would be familiar that for a, a long time, I kind of created the coping strategy of I don't want kids anyway. So it doesn't matter that I can't have them, you know, and it just created this nice little environment. And my husband or my boyfriend at the time, he wasn't really fussed about having kids. So it was this perfect little circle of safety. I don't need to try anything. I don't need to heal. There's everything's good here. Um, but my two stories that stand out was during HA recovery. And one of them was, I think I'd been sort of half in for maybe 10 months and a Fortunately, I didn't have a lot of pregnancies going around me because I think it would have been a, a lot more tricky time to navigate, but I didn't really have that. Though I did have a beautiful friend from CrossFit at the time who fell pregnant and she invited me to her baby shower. And originally I was like, oh, that's so nice of her to invite me. And I was actually quite excited about it. And then um, she said, look, it's only going to be a small private little thing. Um, I think there were seven ladies invited. And then I went home to my husband. I said, there's no way I can go. And he goes, what do you mean you can't go? I said, look, she's lovely, but every other woman in that room has at least one child. Like I, I can't be the woman there who not only doesn't have a child, but I don't even have my period. And I felt so disconnected. I felt so excluded from the tribe. I like literally, and I, and I didn't go. And I remember seeing photos and things like that and they had the best time. And even as I looked at the photos, I felt like, oh, look, there's no way I could have endured that because I was surrounded by everything I didn't have. And so that was one of my pinnacle ones. And thankfully it helped me to make more behavioral changes because I thought I don't want to be in the position where I say no because I feel like I'm not one of them because I'm on this path and I'm on this journey so for me I used it as a tool to kind of accelerate my momentum because I, I don't want to be here I want to be the one who's like either mentally strong enough to not care that I'm the only one who doesn't have a child or I physically have the capacity to bear a child because I've got my period or I'm physically carrying one so it didn't matter what three I turned into I just didn't want to be what I was in that moment when I declined the invitation. The second one, um, which definitely was the trickiest one of them all, and I guess it's more similar to your story, Claudia, is it was Christmas Day. Um, Christmas Day, we go to the um, cemetery. That's where John's nanny is. And we have breakfast with her and all the families there. It's absolutely beautiful. And um, John's cousin and his partner referred to the mum as grandma. And everyone kind of like jumped and paused and did that like, hang on, why is she being called grandma? She's a mum. And then everyone realised it was a pregnancy announcement. And I, my heart's racing now as I share it because it feels so real when you still share it. Um, and I remember 
50% of me, maybe even 60, was like, oh, my God, this is the most exciting thing ever. I was so happy for them. And then there was this, like, dark cloud, which is what gets me emotional, that literally, so I had this 50%, oh, my God, this is amazing. I can't wait. There's a baby. And then there was this other you pathetic piece of you can't even get a period. She's pregnant. She's announcing it. How Like it was horrible. The self-talk was horrific. And that's where I feel like humans were so beautifully complicated because we can have such intense emotions that are polar opposite at the exact same time. And I remember feeling like a circus freak in my head because I was ecstatic and devastated all at the same time and um, did all that, went into the car and John looked at me and he goes, you okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm so happy for them. It's great. And I mean that, I really was. And then maybe 30 seconds later, I just bawled my eyes out. I cried and I cried and I cried. And it was because that talk of, you're pathetic. You can't even get a period. You can't even do this. You can't. I let it in. And that was a bad decision for one. Um, but second of all, I was all in for three weeks at that point in time. Right. So it was a tricky, tricky time. I'd taken on everything that I needed to. And thankfully at the end of my, my tears, I used one of the strategies that we promote in the community, which is you, you need to take control of your thoughts. Me feeling bad about my situation is not going to make me any better. It's not going to help me move forward. It's not going to change any outcomes. What matters most is what I'm going to do with how I'm feeling now. And I don't like how I'm feeling now. So what can I do in my future to make sure I don't feel like this again? Mm-hmm. And then I went on the next, I felt fine. It was really weird. It was like something just dropped in my head. Like, whoa, hang on you're upset because you don't have the capacity to have a baby. Well, what stone's not turned over yet? You know, what what are you leaving behind? Because let's bring some confidence into this. Let's make sure your destiny is what you want it to be. And then I went off and I enjoyed Christmas lunch. I enjoyed Christmas dinner. And it was, I was a reformed woman. And six days later, I got my period. Wow. That's incredible and it was so quick for you. I wish that I could say the same thing for me. Um, but you're right, is that cognitive dissonance where you you start being happy for someone because you know that that's the reactions that you should you should be having, but then it dawns on you and you're like, oh, what about me though? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's um that's a place where lots of resentment can actually thrive and grow and grow. And I always revert back to thinking, is this thought that I'm having right now an intrusive thought or is it helpful thoughts? Mm-hmm. Because intrusive thoughts are those kind of thoughts that go around in your head in loop, you know, and you keep coming back to the same um, to the same origin thoughts, even though 24 hours have already gone past. Mm-hmm. A helpful thought is something that you have, like what you experienced, and then you moved on. You decided to do things differently. You decide to take charge of the uh, the situation. You decided not to spoil lunch for for the rest of the family, and um, 
and you work on yourself. You work on yourself so that you could get your period back and you could have a baby. And that's exactly things that we explore in the HA community. Are you having intrusive thoughts or are you having helpful thoughts? And how can you support? Uh, can you support the two? Because both of them are valid and both of them can be supported in different ways. Um, and there is also something that I really would like to, to touch upon. When you mentioned the baby shower, for all of us listening, if you find that baby showers are triggering for you, you don't have to go. You don't have to mm -hmm. go. And uh, I'm pretty sure that if a woman is pregnant and invites you to a baby shower and you open up with honesty and you let them know why you don't want to go, they're going to get it. Absolutely. Straightforward. They're going to get it. No, no excuses are needed. And if you don't have that close relationship with a woman that is pregnant, even better. Just don't go. Just send a message or a quick email. I cannot make mm -hmm. it. I'm sick. I have COVID. You know, COVID is like <laughs> nowadays. So definitely a pregnant woman doesn't want to have someone with COVID around her. Um, so that's definitely something that I would say. Don't put yourself in a triggering situation unless you really have to. And also, if you're wanting to be pregnant, get pregnant, and you've been going through an infertility journey, or if you don't have a period, be prepared to be triggered because triggers are everywhere. We don't have to react to all of them. That's ultimately your choice because we cannot choose what the triggers are or where, when they're going to show up, but we can choose how we respond to them. Mm. And if that's okay with you, Jade, I actually would like to come up with a with a questions that many women get asked especially during this christmas time when they get to see family and friends again and is so when are you gonna have a baby mm. right the most innocent normal question in the entire universe you have been married for more than one year um where is the baby how would you respond to that i can uh <laughs> my part He's the best, right? I love him. I love him for bits. So this is John's uh, grandpa. And after John and I had been together for, a, you know what, not even that long, he would come over, put my hand on his hand on my belly, rub it. And at the time when I was really lean, he'd be like, babies won't grow in here. You need more, more cushion, more cushion. For <laughs> right? But you know what? Like, bless him. And because he said it in such like a jolly way, I thankfully never got upset about it, but I feel like the execution was everything. If anybody else had it, it would have really upset me. But like he had no idea about my health status, but he was right. Like a baby wasn't going to grow in that six pack lean stomach. So in a weird way, it was like he was trying to hint like you need to be healthy, but he had no idea what was going on. Um, and over time, as uh, circumstances changes, nearly every time I saw him, he would put his hand on my belly and say, is there one in there yet? Is there one in there yet? And um, there was a very long time of me almost like holding my breath for a split second because I knew what was coming. Um, and thankfully, because like I said, the execution was jolly, I was able to kind of, I had two choices really. I had the ability to have a conversation with him and let him know what I was going through so that he he wouldn't continue to do it. I didn't want to do that. Um, a big part of that was because I didn't have the heart to tell him he won't have a grandchild because at that point in time, that's what I thought. 
and that felt too hard. Um, so instead I would like have a little two second chat with myself being like, you know what, this is going to happen. It's with very good intention. You either tell him the truth. So he like kind of leaves you alone. You tell him that you, it upsets you if it does, or you just play along and have a little laugh and have a little joke and say, ha ha, maybe one day. In my case, I could say, ha ha, maybe one day because the way it was presenting itself, it didn't actually hurt my feelings. Um, but other people, when they would come up to me and say it, who didn't know me well at all, um, again, it was a trigger that I knew might come up. So for me, it was bracing myself with, well, if I'm going to have this brought forward to me, what, what is my response going to be? Because if you can predict it's going to happen, it, it actually gives you power. And for me, the easiest thing was to just go like literally, haha, maybe one day. Um, I wish I had a really detailed way around it, but sometimes we don't need grand gestures to get through things. Like it can be as simple as letting the person know that you don't like that question, like I just identifying it. It can be laughing with them. It can be rubbing their belly saying, what about you? right, and completely deflect, whether it be a male or a female, like we can sort of get around it. Um, but I would love to know what your experience is, is, Claudia, and if you have other offerings to the table, because it it can be one you can laugh off depending on the person, or it can be one that really hits you hard as well. Yeah, I normally in the beginning, I was always coming up with the most clever answers, because I wanted to be prepared. And then the more I grew, and the more people have started seeing as well that they are in this infertility environment, I've noticed that the simple questions, the one they, uh, the simple answer, the one that you share is actually the best one because it's very important to deflect and not to engage in the conversation. Because if you start explaining your health situations, people are not going to get it. If you mm-hmm. become- oh, and they want to give their opinion. Exactly. If you Despite become- knowing nothing about HA or uh, ever hearing uh, about it. Thank uh, you. You just made me remember that. Yeah, the unsolicited advice of someone who knows nothing about HA. Absolutely. <laughs> Welcome comments on my bodies, even more than I need right now. Um, another one is uh, getting aggressive. Aggression never helps. Anger can help, but mm. the um, aggressive side of anger never helps. So as you said, you know, just saying, yeah, maybe one day. And having self-soothing practices in place can be very powerful because the truth is that, yes, maybe one day you're going to have a child. So you're not uh, you're not lying. And maybe that one day could be one, one week from now, a month from now, two months from now. You don't know. So maybe one day is actually the truth. After maybe one day, you can also decide to change the topic of conversation completely. And can you simply say, can you please pass me the, the salt? You know, can you pass me? or oh look at that plane in the sky I didn't know the planes were crossing the sky over here so completely change the topic of conversation doesn't matter what comes up into your brain or you simply can disengage from that person if you find that the person is triggering or if it starts like showing um if it starts engaging in conversations such as oh you know clock is ticking uh it's better for you to chop chop because it's time for you to have a child or you're in your 30s already and so on and so forth which sometimes mm-hmm. fortunately you can simply say excuse me i have to go to the bathroom and once you get in the bathroom it's pretty important to have some self-soothing techniques that you can use. And I discussed some of them on the live with Jade as well. And I know that you're going to have a a live with Jacqueline, sorry, last week. And I know that you're going to 
talk to Jacqueline as, as well about how to manage comments, especially during the silly season. But ultimately, just making sure that you can uh, uh, you can be in a safe place where you can also text someone that you trust and someone that you love. Sometimes I have clients that text me during the weekend when they're having a super hard time um, and maybe they're surrounded by parents. So if you have a professional that you can trust and you can text, take advantage of that. If you're part of a community like the HA community, you can share it in in the group and you can ask for support or you can text the, the women from the community or you can join the, the group calls and share what you're feeling. Um, but uh, the reality is that it's very important to make sure that your nervous system is calm and regulated. And that's something that you can do outside of a specific day. So just make sure that every single day of your life, you take care of yourself. And that could mean, you know, breathing, meditative practices, going for a walk in nature, uh, hug the people that you love, hug your pets, spend people that really fire you up, that makes you a better person instead of people that drag you down and that leave you with very sour energy. And I'm pretty sure that you know exactly uh, who these people are. I'm pretty sure that everyone has a friend that as soon as we see them, we're like, good, we're gonna do it. We're gonna smash it. I feel so great now. And then we have the friends that after we leave them, we're like, oh. yeah, energy infusion right now. And it's like they drain the energy, even though they cannot actually do it. But we allow them to interfere with our energy flow. So I think that looking at what you can do outside of these occasions when people are gonna make comments on your body and on your fertility journey is as important as it is to respond in a very brief and concise way uh, to those people when they ask you where is it yeah i want to dive back on two things super quick um one referring to that baby shower scenario where just being honest about you know, it could be too painful for you to go or, you know, you're trying really hard, is that one thing I have noticed amongst women, regardless of personality types, life experiences, how well you get along, like there's some people you just connect with so well and there's others that, like let's say you're invited to a work colleague's baby shower, they kind of invited you to be polite. These aren't the best of friends. But for the most part, when women connect on their fertility journey, whether it be it happened in two seconds or you're working on it, there is something about the walls that come crushing down between women where as soon as you share something like that, they tend to just hold space for you. And I think if you have the courage, and obviously it's it's up to the individual circumstances, but if you have the courage or the capacity to share that with another woman, even if it is that, you know, you're struggling to see them with their pregnant belly because it's something you want so much, most women will just like hug you, hold your hand, hold space for you and really nurture what you're going through versus this like, well, it's not about you, it's about me. And I know there's always going to be different personality types, but for the most part, and Claudia, I'd love your feedback too. Do you find that regardless of the woman that you're talking to, you've met them for two minutes, 10 years, work, best friends, when you let someone in on a fertility experience, it does feel like it opens up a new realm of care. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And if it doesn't, that's also okay. Mm -hmm. It means that person wasn't meant to be uh, a friend, for example, a friend for now or a friend for life. 
some people are not really receptive to this kind of topic because they've not gone through it. So they've not gone through motherhood. They have not gone through the fertility journey. So maybe they don't really get it. I remember that before having uh, my first child, I heard stories about women losing babies. And I thought, well, you know, you, you haven't even met your baby. They, they were just in the belly. That couldn't be very traumatic. And then I got pregnant and I became a mom. And now in hindsight is the worst thing that could have happened to me. Um, I have so much love and understanding for the women that unfortunately have to witness uh, this kind of reality. So it really depends of uh, where the person that you're talking to is in her life. But I absolutely agree with you that normally when uh, you speak from your truth, women um, hold the space. And they become very open as well. And they are definitely ready to share. Men, a little bit less so, but mm. we And once again, if they don't engage, if they don't understand, if they don't get okay. it, move on. Absolutely. And then with the belly rub, just two more things popped into my head as you were speaking is that um, one, I loved your advice of like having someone to message or to talk to or someone on your team. But if you're going with like, a partner somewhere or a friend somewhere they can also help sort of intervene and hey how's it going da, 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 and overrun a, like you know if you make someone aware that this person always gestures something you can also have your, your your team member or your partner or your helper to navigate that situation so you can sneak off or you can change conversation without you actually being the one to initiate it because you've got someone there paying attention to things too and I just wanted to share something that I, I didn't even realize until after I had Cosima. And when I was in like the heavy part of HA, if someone asked me, you know, when's the baby coming? And it was someone who was less familiar. So I didn't get that like, Haha, it's okay, I can laugh it off. It was actually like it hurt. It does, it does. It emotionally it hurts, it actually hurts. Um I remember having these thoughts like it's no one's it's not anyone's business like why do they ask this and and there absolutely is merit to those thoughts 100% because it is such a personal experience I think people need more empathy on those questions but then once I had Kasima, my I could start to see a lot of the motivation behind especially already parents saying when's the baby coming I used to take it personally, like they're asking when's the baby coming because I'm failing at life if I don't have a baby. That's that's how I felt about it at the time. And then once I had Kasima and I was experiencing motherhood, I was like, oh, you know what? They weren't asking me to make me feel bad about myself. They were asking because they couldn't wait for me to experience what life was like with the child. And I feel like my capacity to understand that question shifted a lot with that awareness because rather than taking it as an and again this happened once I had Cosima not not HA um, but it could still be helpful for some of you going through it right now who are wanting a baby which is the idea that sometimes when people are saying when's the baby coming and it's so easy to go oh my gosh like how insulting how this how that like yes you have every right to think that but also possibly entertaining the idea that they're they're asking because they're excited for you to experience something. And even though it still hurts, that sometimes their intentions are a lot more pure than what it feels like in the moment. And sometimes they just want to be part of their tribe, you know, like being a mother as well. So then you can share tips and tricks and uh, lunch boxes and things like that. 
So normally when people ask about a baby, they do it for two different reasons. One is because they deeply care and they think that it's important for you uh, or because they don't know what else to talk about. So they don't know anything about the you. The go-to, absolutely. Yeah, it's like the go-to question. And that normally happens with a, an older type of generation where they they they, are, they don't have the much tact. Is that how, how you say mm-hmm. it? really respectful of boundaries like like we are nowadays and they ask you they drop the questions like they drop the bomb and then they're more than happy to pick up a beer and just walk off and <laughs> give their lives or you get that question for someone that deeply care um and once again you are in charge of how you feel and for how long you want to sit in misery because you can also allow yourself to put a timer and uh, feel miserable for three minutes, just hide yourself in the bathroom, cry it out, let it all out. And then after the three minutes, after the alarm clock goes off, you're like, okay. Move on. I love that because it's it's okay to hold space for your emotions and feel it because it hurts and it's so emotional, but it's also okay to be like, you know what, I've let out what I need to. It's time to get back to my game plan. And, you know, what am I doing today to get me closer to that desired outcome? Exactly. And mind you, having a support net like uh, Jade and I, it can be tremendously beneficial. We had so many women that they didn't share their fertility journey with any of their friends. And we were actually the first one to know. Mm. We had two instances where we knew about their pregnancy before their partner did. (laughs) So (laughs) extreme, but we witnessed that. So don't take that uh, for discount. Uh, Don't disregard that. Yeah, well, even the how scary it can be to announce that you're pregnant too. And we've been blessed to build the relationships with women where they're too afraid to tell anybody, but they just need to tell someone and we're the safe space because obviously we're not going to share it with anybody, but we're so excited to to learn of the information too. And there's there's so much value even in that being like, okay, I'm not ready to to let family members know, but I, I still need to let someone in and yeah, it's it's soothing to have that outlet. Share the joy, absolutely, because the first trimester can be tricky for so many women and they want to withhold the news from all the people around them. But yes, once again, having someone that you can talk to, especially over the first 12 weeks, can be very empowering and extremely helpful, especially if you're not feeling super well. Um, but yeah. Well, ladies, I hope you have enjoyed today's podcast and you have a few takeaways on how to navigate emotions around pregnancy announcements, whether that be knowing that it ultimately is up to you to take control of the situation and and how you want to handle it, whether it be in a subtle way or a really open and honest way or a sneaky little sideway out for a nature walk. Um, Or even if you've just enjoyed having comfort in knowing it's okay to be really sad over someone else's joy, like because sometimes guilt can creep in. I shouldn't be upset. Like it's it's their their experience. I'm so happy, but, you know, we are human and we can absolutely feel both intense joy and intense sadness at the same time. So whether it be comfort or help throughout these scenarios, I hope you found it here. And as always, if you would like to excel in your journey to period recovery and pregnancy, you can reach out to both Claudia and I to discuss the HA community. It's a wonderful tribe of women who are, what can I say, excelling and enjoying all things life has to offer. But for now, Claudia, thank you so much for joining me and I can't wait to our next chat. Bye, Jade. See you next time. Bye-bye.
Thanks so much for joining in on today's episode. I hope you loved it. Please subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with all future episodes. And if you are interested in coaching, whether it be groups or one-on-one, please send me a DM or an email and we can have a bit of a chat about where you are now and where you want to be. I can't wait to speak to you soon. Bye-bye.